Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you want to find us there, it's part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always, always, always much appreciated when you tune in. I hope you know that by now. Well, today I'm going to play you an interview I had with Washington receiver Terry McLaurin from last week for a story I wrote on ESPN.com about McLaurin's journey from his Ohio State days, how he went from a guy, you know, just the journey he traveled, the tough um, parts for him along the way, how he's used therapy and some other things to get him to where he is today, which is one of the NFL's best receivers and certainly one of the more highest paid receivers in the league. So you can pay attention. I hope you went and read that story on ESPN.com, but I'm going to play you the full interview. It's about 11 minutes long. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes about a few things before we get to that interview. So stick around, but I will play that in a few minutes. Well, before I get there, I will, let's go over a couple, in, a couple of news and notes from out at the commander's facility. First of all, Taylor Heineke will continue to start at quarterback as Carson Wentz has yet to be activated to practice. Now, when we were out at the facility today, Wentz was not out on the practice field. He had worked out on the field earlier in the day with trainers when we saw them, they were in the bubble. It was a later practice. They gave them – basically, you went to a later practice on, on Wednesday, give them time to rest up from the Monday night game, and then you got to travel down to Houston. Important to get that rest right now. So that's why they had a later practice. Wentz did work out earlier. He has been cleared to throw, but he has not been cleared to practice. So, therefore, Ron Rivera said he's going to stick with Heineke for another week. I don't know that it would have mattered if Wentz had been able to practice if Rivera would have made a different decision. So I don't, I don't know that might, I'll be honest. I would, I would say is that if, if once we're ready, that he would have stuck with Heineke it's three and one and coming off a huge win and the teammates love him. I just think it'd be hard to go back to him right now. Not that all it was all Wentz's fault. I just think that you got something is working right now for this team. So are you going to disrupt that? Anyway, Rivera doesn't have to make that decision now. So, you give Heineke's going to get the ball for another game on Sunday. You go out there and you keep winning, then he'll probably keep it. If you go out go down there, the offense doesn't look good. You struggle and you win, or if you struggle and you lose, then you go back. Then he'll probably could see him going back to Wentz at that point. But for now, it's Heineke's job, and there you go. I'm going to get to more about Heineke in, in a minute, so stick around for that as well. But let's go to Chase Young. Chase Young. The key for Young, he did not, because today was really a glorified, or Wednesday was really a glorified walkthrough, there was no practice for Young. I mean, he went through the walkthrough, but that is not going to tell you anything. There is optimism about his chances for playing on Sunday. However, I don't know how high that optimism is. If he gets through this week, Thursday and Friday practices in particular, then there's a, ch- and, and not just gets through it, 
but he looks the, shows the confidence in the knee that they want to see, then we may see him on Sunday on a limited snap count. I don't know yet if that's going to happen. I would expect him to be activated soon, whether it's this week or next. And even if he is activated this week or placed in the 53-man roster, it doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to play. What they want to see from Young on Thursday and Friday in practice is him pushing off that knee with confidence. They said the knee is testing well when for all the tests, that, and they, they're able to test the strength in the knees compared to where it was before, compared to the other knee now, and all that stuff to measure all that. It's all testing very well. But he's got to get to the point where he's confident putting his weight, pushing off it against a bigger guy or a guy that's his size. That's what he's going to have to do in a game. So until they see that him pushing off that confidence, they're not going to put him on the field. They say the knee is good. It's down. It's just a mental hurdle that he has to go through. So that's where he's at right now. Cole Holcomb, linebacker, did not practice or did not participate in the walkthrough. Um, so don't know yet his status. I think I think there's a little bit of a surprise at how long the foot injury is taking to heal. Doesn't mean that there's, he's doing anything wrong. I just think they they had hoped and felt it probably would have been um, that he would have been at, back out there by now. So it's a little bit of a surprise. But again, it's just sometimes that's just the way it goes. And there you go. Um, J.D. McKissick was not out there as well on the practice field. He's dealing with the neck injury. Let's get back to Taylor Heineke for a minute. And I think it's kind of interesting because of the leadership skills that he has. And one of the things that, first of all, he bought all his offensive linemen from the, who started the game the other night, bought them some Air Jordans per his tradition of buying them for himself after the win because he gets at 125K after every win, buys himself the Air Jordans. Well, he bought some for the linemen this week. I think once you go down that road, it's going to be hard to not continue going down a road like that, but we'll see. Anyway, that's just one, that's one little thing that he does. I think one thing that does matter, and he was talking about this, about how you know he, he was asked about the gratification that he gets from the guys, how much they like him. And one of the things he said is when there's an hour or two break and they're in the locker room, that he makes it a point to talk to a lot of different groups. He talks to the defensive guys. That's why you saw him that plane ride home, and they did that little Kirk Cousins thing with the chains on him. That's The defensive guys are initiating that. They really like him. And part of it is that he does make it a point to go around to different groups not a lot of guys do that. And it's why when you have guys who do that and there's a crossover leadership like that, that it does make a difference for teams. That's one of the things he does. Now, you know, you can talk all you want about how he's as a quarterback, but but he does win over guys just to be honest, is by being who he is. I don't, this is there's no act. I've seen quarterbacks in there who I think had to who would read the manual about how to be a leader and say, hey, this is what you got to do. Um, I think sometimes I thought John Beck at times was a kind of guy like that. Nice guy, good guy, but would try to be too hard to be a leader. Um, I don't think Heineke has to try to be that. I just think he is who he is. Alex Smith was who he was, right? And so I think that's something that matters there. Anyway, just wanted to pass along that little um, nugget for you. And I just thought it was interesting, something that he had talked about uh, during the during his press conference on Wednesday. Let's talk about details because the details matter, and especially when it comes to the run game. And I think that's one thing that if you want to look at where is this going to go from here with the run game, are they good enough to sustain this? The what they showed mon- Monday night against the Eagles, can they sustain that over the next seven games? If they improve on the details, well, then there's a good chance that they can get there. 
there was one run and it was a third down and one early in the first quarter, about 1140 some left in the first quarter. And there was a beautiful hole that should have opened on the right side. And if it does, one of the things that you'd like to see is some longer runs out of these, this group, the longest run they had from scrimmage the other day was 11 yards. Well, on this run, it should have been 25 to 30 because everything worked except for the details by one guy. And it was Trey Turner. Now I'm going to point this out because the previous play, I felt like Trey Turner did a really nice job blocking down and creating like, I think it was like a six yard gain, but on this third and one, the little mistakes that you make, and it's about staying, um, taking the proper step, staying flat. And instead he kind of got, he had to block down. I think, I don't remember who it wasn't, it wasn't not against uh, Fletcher Cox, but another defensive tackle, but the way he attacked it, he was a little bit stepped a little bit wide instead of flat because he did that. He gave up the inside. If he stays flat, he's able to kind of wall off the defensive tackle. And then Robinson has a crease and there is nobody there. The safety is about 15 yards deep. That's the only guy who's got a shot at him. So I don't know that he's going to score on that play. I don't think he does. I think the safety would have, would have probably would have had an angle on him, but he's going to get 15 to 20 yards, probably at least. So I think those, but it's the details all started with the guard take needing to take the better step. And I know some people are going to sit there and you don't, I'm not saying this, that Trey Turner had a bad game with that. It's one play, but it's one play that's an example of a play that could have been a much bigger play. And when you get the, when you get those little details now for Turner, I think one of the things you can look at, the guy's a veteran. He's played better coming since he came back than he was early in the year. So is as the more he plays, does he kind of get back to those little details? Even though he's a veteran, sometimes you still need to get sake. He shouldn't have a lot of rust at this point, but sometimes you just need to be reminded of some things, even during games, how important those little details are. And that's one. Then some of the other stuff, too, you hear – some of the, the tight end blocking I thought was pretty good. John Bates had a really good game at times, even against Fletcher Cox when he had to go up against him. But there's sometimes they run like a little slice, what's called a slice block, where it's just the tight end coming back across the formation. You, you'll see like a Curtis Samuel on a jet sweep going one, jet action going one way, tight end blocking back in the other. And it's just a matter of are you taking an arc block, kind of arcing a bot round, or are you taking a flat path to that? And there's sometimes with like, for example, with a Bates or something like that, that you've got to be flatter on that on that block to then create a better cutback lane um, or a crease on that side. Those are little things that if you continue to get better there, then you can continue to get better as a run team overall and just more consistent with some of the gains you're getting. Well, they they did a really good job the other day, of course, being committed to it, but um, and they had a lot of third and shorts, a lot of second and shorts, and that's going to kind of cut back on the yards per carry. That's fine, and you can get better there. But the point is that they can get better with it if they start, if they kind of adhere to these details and follow that. Football is such a detail already in a game, and it can be a matter of six inches on a step this way or taking a false step here or not stepping hard enough there. All that stuff matters. That's why I say I point it out because it could be if you're not getting it, then it's going to be cause for concern. But if you do start getting better, if you continue to get better at that, then it's a reason that you can have more success down the road. But you've got to do it because if you don't do it and it's so because some of this stuff is stuff you've seen over the last several weeks. This is not like a new thing. So will you get better at that? Because if you do, you can be a much better run team overall. And I think, you know, 
you'd like to hear that hammered over and over and over again from them. And I think it will be because um, I know it's something that they're that they talk about and, and look at, et cetera. So, but it's something that adhering to the details is important. I, I will point out another guy, Derek Forrest, I felt did a pretty good job with his details the other day. And I point, this will be like the third time I pointed this out since that game, but the, he had the interception, for example, uh, in that first game, you know, Jalen Hurts hits Devontae Smith for the deep ball. Safety is supposed to be deep middle on that deep one that was down inside the five, if you remember. Um, the safety was not deep middle. He was a little bit cheated toward the other hash. And that's the difference in getting there a little bit late or getting there for a possible pick. Derek Forrest, when he dropped in that one, he was he, he slid to deep middle and he was in the right position, goes and makes the play. And then Ron Rivera brought up on the fumble recovery that Forrest had. And it wasn't so much that he makes this great play because they did have the long catch on that one. Quez Watkins did catch the ball and Benjamin St. Juice got beat on that play. But what they what Rivera liked about Forrest on that play was a two-deep safety look. And he was on the left side, the number two of the inside receiver on that side. When he runs the crossing route, it signals to Forrest to get deep. And he and he saw it and he gets deep. Might be a little play, but it's it's for them. It was showed the sign of growth that he instinctively knew. Now you, when you do that, now you got to get the depth, and he did. So when the fumble happened, he was in position to be back there, etc. So, but those details. This is football. The reason I love this sport is that it's a very detailed game, and every every step matters. The last one I want to talk about too is Terry McLaurin and Pete Haley from um, NBC Sports Washington brought up some questions in the press conference. I thought were pretty good about why is McLaurin so good on slants? And I thought it led to an interesting discussion by with Heineke, with Ron Rivera, and they each talked about you know, the hands, the quickness. And when you watch him too, he does part of the thing is you have to, and Heineke says this, you've got to honor his deep speed. And by the way, the, the he, Heineke loves throwing that slant to him because they do it a lot. And the dig and the slant, the dig is the number one route Heineke likes throwing to McLaurin, but then the slant is next. And what you see with Heineke is, excuse me, with, with, with McLaurin, what they did well on the slants of the other day is where they aligned him. They aligned him inside. So they got him off Darius Slay a couple times for two of the three slants, and they got him against a different corner. And I think it makes a difference. They have to honor his deep speed. And so he knows that. So he's going to charge hard at it, and he's going to cut right back inside. It's just the quickness of the cut and the acceleration that he has with it, and then catching the ball out front. It, it certainly adds up. Those are reasons why they're – and then you know what else I liked about his game the other night? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this one so we can get to my conversation with McLaurin in one, in one second or maybe about 30. But on that deep ball to Slay, against Slay, and what I like with that, Slay was playing press man. But one thing that McLaurin knows is that Slay is, is going to be a patient, patient off the line. So you need to attack him right away. And you go back and watch the play, and the thing – he doesn't hesitate. He doesn't throw some move off the line. He knows you got to go now. So there was a slight boom and go. And it was not anything. It was not just, it was not just a straight run. It was a, it was a very quick um, attempt to maybe sell a different route, but it was very quick. So he attacked it right away because he knows against Slay, that's what he has to do. And that's why he gets open down the field. And it's why Slay was, 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 was racing behind him the whole time because you saw him get off balance right away. Because I think, it's almost like McClone threw a little bit of a, a quick quick punch that Slay wasn't quite ready for, and that's why. But it's you see that stuff him of, with McClone coming off the line 
But it's plays like that why you have to, if you're even two or three yards off, you better honor that slant because if not, he's going to take you deep at some point. So there you go. That's all I have for you for now. So I wanted I wanted to play this because I did think it was a good interview. So let's get to my interview with Washington receiver Terry McLaurin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have a favorite story about yourself that shows that competitiveness? That yeah, like- I think it's I think it's really just the story that I told a few weeks ago about um, when I was playing Scrabble with a family friend and my sister, and I had three letters like a K, a Z, a Y, and an X, and I'm sitting there for like 15 minutes trying to figure out what word I can make out of that, and um, I just think my competitive nature really just comes from uh, really the way I was raised, honestly, just not not taking like no for an answer and i think what does that mean like what like how so i I think from from myself like i know i could walk away from a situation and it doesn't work out knowing that i put my all into it but if there's certain situations where i feel i could have did more or i feel like um you just don't want to have regret and i've always gone into any situation any competitive situation any job any you know, classroom, whatever, and try to give it my all because I could walk away knowing that I gave my best versus um, you didn't. So I think when it comes to my competitiveness, I just like, I really hate losing more than I, I like winning. I know it's very cliche, but I think a lot of the guys who have been around me would possibly say the same. A lot of my friends, when we're playing video games, like, I want to I want to win every single game. You know what I mean? And I just you get think it's a mindset. With, do you get annoying? Do you throw yeah. tantrums? Nah. I can't imagine I've you throw tantrums. Nah, I don't, no, I don't really talk, no, I don't throw tantrums. Okay. I don't throw tantrums. How do you react when you lose? Like, it's, it's, I just get really, like... I get really like frustrated, but like I get in a real analytical mode. So I'll go into like, dang, what could I get did better? I start thinking of like football. They start thinking about this play or that play, or I'll think about a certain situation where I feel like I could have did something differently. I really try to look introspectively when I'm when I'm in those You've situations. Been in a video game, yo, definitely. You, like, what, what's a video game that you play that you figured out? Oh, uh, NBA 2K. So me and my friends will play like. We call it sixes, so it's three versus three. So it's all of our guys playing together, and we'll play like a series. So, like, that's four out of seven. And uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But, you know, I pride myself on being one of the best players of our group. So, like, my team's losing. It's obviously a big reason why, like, I feel like I'm, I'm that reason. And I think when we're in a leadership situation like I had, I've, I've been blessed to be in, I think you've got to take that away. So do you then go back and study in your mind, like, like the video game? Do you go back oh, and definitely. play it more? Like, how do you yeah. prepare? And like, do you get up yeah. at 3 a.m. and prepare or something? Nah, I'm, I think I'm really good at, like, whether it's football, video games, or any situation, I'm very good at analyzing as I go. Okay. So, like, I try not to make the same mistakes okay. twice. So, like, if I'm trying to do a certain move and that move's not working, okay, I know I'm, I got the next move already in my okay. head that I'm going to do okay. the next time 
around. And so I try not to do the same things like over and over and over again, expecting a different Which result. Which is like as a receiver exactly. running off the line. Exactly, definitely. I think you always have to have a, like a plan going into it and also have like a backup plan just in case your first plan doesn't work. You said earlier this year when we talked to this in September, like how you, like this last year, the growth for you this year. Yeah. You dealing with stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you were able to say some of the stuff you've yeah. been dealing with, like, but how did you, you know, like, what was the stuff and yeah. where did you grow the most? Yeah. I think, I think really, I just felt like I had a lot of, you know, expectations in my life versus in my personal life, obviously, um, being blessed enough to be in a situation to, to earn this contract. And I just feel like, you know, my, my level of expectations was growing up in my life. And um, if you don't do the necessary work to put in to grow with those expectations, you kind of, there's a gap in between. Is that a hard thing to deal with? Because, like, you feel like yeah. I'm never doing enough then or yeah. something? I do struggle with always feeling like, I, like I'm, I could be doing more. I'm not doing enough or, like, things aren't quite working out. Like, in my mind, I've always took an analytical point. If I do this, 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 and this, like, if I go put all the work I can, I should get this result. And sometimes life doesn't work out that way. Right. So I really have had to adjust to just understand, like, life happens. How do I deal with it? How do I adjust from it? How do I um, not let it just throw off my whole psyche? You know what I mean? I think I do. De- de- definitely therapy has definitely helped me with that, like compartmentalizing things and understanding, like, I can only control my role in things and also understand that life does happen. Is that why you started going to that? I think it, I think it definitely was. Was that in the last year you started? Yeah, I, I started in uh, January of this, okay. of this of 2022. But you, and you felt the need because of all the expectations? Or? Well, just, just a lot of the things that were going on in my personal life, I just felt like... Uh, therapy was something I wanted to try to help my mental, like, my thought process, you know what I mean? Because I would get into, like, ruts where I'm just, like, thinking negatively to to the point, like, I'm, I'm very down. And I had to get to a point where I had to understand, like, everything wasn't going to quite go as I would expect, even if you put in that work, even if you're as prepared as you can, even as you put in all the time and the effort that you can. Like, some things, sometimes, sometimes things don't work out. And also just, I think therapy really helped me take more accountability for myself on how I can, how what role I play in certain situations. And it really forces you to look more inside versus, you know, what's going on around but I laugh because I, I know that feeling sometimes yeah. it's like I'm not doing enough I, I, yeah. I, 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 I do struggle this, like, with that I suck I do this like, yeah. it's like wait a minute take a step back Definitely. but don't go like my wife's like don't Definitely. go down that hole exactly and that's the biggest thing is catching yeah. I had to learn to catch myself before I got in that hole because it's so natural just to start <clears throat> to kind of things like dang they didn't work out well I must not be good enough well okay if I must not be good enough that means uh, it's not, you know what I mean and then you <laughs> look do. up and then you're like in a shitty mood you know what I'm saying so I had I to re- I had to really catch I, myself like, yeah. So are you still going? Yeah, like I still go to therapy. Yeah, I go once a week. And it's, it's yeah. been, you've, you've noticed a big difference? I have. I think it's, it's really helped just my, my overall thought process. Like, um, for instance, if I'm if I'm in a situation where something happens, like I could be having a good day right now and I drop my food on the floor. That, that one event can throw off my whole day because I'm like, okay, not just, okay, my food fell on the floor, I could go get another one. It's like, my food fell on the floor, now I gotta go get another one. Like, I just yeah, get in a very yeah, bad yeah, mood. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, now I've really understood, like, to come, like, separate, okay, that's just a bad event that happened. That's just something that happened that I couldn't necessarily control. How do I respond from right. that? And that's often where I find, like, the more of the homeostasis. And we had to middle, do that with my son, my son, who's, like, two years, a couple years younger than yeah. me. We always tell him, like, the reaction versus the action. Like what's the reaction to the action? Definitely. And all that. Two more things. Mm-hmm. I know you got. Um, mm-hmm. 
it, when at your pressure, I always want to ask you about this because at yeah. your pressure when you got the contract, yeah. you got emotional talking about the yeah. contract you meant to you. Right. I know you well enough to know it wasn't about the money. Right. Like, what? Why? What is it? What did that mean to yeah. you? And like, what yeah. does it mean now? I th- I think it meant. Um, I think it meant it was like a culmination of all the hard work that was put in to that moment. And I think when you come into the just the opportunity to be playing in the NFL is a blessing. But I think the players who have the longevity understand that that first contract, unless you're probably a top 10 pick, is not going to last you for the rest of your life. So if you're blessed enough to be in a situation where you're to get a second contract, you know the ramification, what that means for yourself, your future, and your family. And I think that that part of it was, was awesome. But I just – I think it was the journey in which I got right. to where I got. And I think – I wouldn't at times where I was going through the tough times at Ohio State where where it was red shirting, playing, having ten catches up right. into like my third year. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of those times are discouraging and you think yours is never coming. Like you see your peers, you see, you know, Curtis and right. he went off to the NFL. You see guys that you're putting the same work but the results aren't happening for you in the timing that you think it should happen. Right, and right, I had right. to really sit there and understand that my journey was different than Curtis is different than Paris, different Paris, than a lot yeah. of guys in my in my peer group. And once I started really recognizing like my journey was just different and my calling was just gonna be different than theirs, I really started appreciating the journey in which my process was right. going. And so to kind of just get back to your to your question, I think it was really just all those emotions coming together and also understanding like you know, there was a time where I, I, I wasn't playing at Ohio State at all, and a lot of people felt like I necessarily couldn't. But it was also the feeling of the people who did believe in me, right. Coach Day, you know, Coach Hartline when they got there. And it's just making all those people proud. And just also I felt like just being a man of faith, just a testimony that I felt like I had and I could share with other people based off of, you know, putting in the time, the work, the effort, having the faith, and things genuinely will work out for you in the time it's supposed to work out for you. And I just felt like through the, you know, the ups and downs of of the contract negotiations and things like that and, you know, missing being with the team and being just such a team-oriented guy, having a new quarterback, all those pressures were there as well. But I just wanted to make sure that, um, you know, I represented myself well and, and stood on what I felt like I had deserved, but also uh, did in a very professional way. The funny thing is, like, what gets lost about you, you're yeah. pretty talented. Yeah. Do you ever think, like, because it's like, oh, he's worked so hard. Yeah. You're a fast guy. Yeah. You're not just some, like, you know That's what I'm saying? Point. That's like, a great just, point. I think, I think, I, I think because I work so hard, uh, a lot of people don't necessarily give me, I would say, my flowers on my God-given athletic ability. I think I genuinely do have, you know, been touched by God to have this ability to be able to run fast, jump high, extremely strong, really smart leadership. Um, a lot of things that you can't quite coach and teach, but I feel like it comes off so naturally because it's who I am. Right. Like, genuinely, that's, it's not a facade with me. Right. That, like, it's like, oh, it's just expected. But I think um, I do try to um, hone the skills that I already have, but I, I think because I'm not necessarily the flashiest player, like, you can't look at it it's like, wow, he does just X well. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't just run extremely fast. Right. I don't just, you know, I, I've always tried to pride myself being a complete receiver. I try to be great at yak. I try to be great right. at contested catches, great at deep ball opportunities, great at run after, you know what I mean? All these opportunities to where you have a well-rounded player in person. Last thing is mm-hmm. studying. How much, because I, I, the yeah. other thing that strikes me about you is that you're very smart. I yeah. love talking about receivers right. because you are in the corners because you know, and it's like, Definitely. but like I was talking to someone else who said Santana Moss. He's mm-hmm. like, 
he knows not just the, the corners, but he knows the line. He knows the linebackers. Yeah, right. what, how much work do you put into that? Yeah. Into just studying, like, and yeah. watching the film. Do you do a, Definitely. more? Does it come easy to you? Yeah. Do you do a lot of it? Yeah. How much? It comes pretty easy to me, honestly. And I, I try to, when I study, I try to study effectively. Like, I don't, I, I won't watch a whole game. You know what I mean? I'll watch, basically I'll start watching the cut-ups of each of the corners, their press versus their off uh, releases. And then I'll look at, we have broke down like how do they play in third down how they play in first and second down and um i think it kind of gives me an overall picture of how that defense plays and how my matchup plays and i think i'm really delivering what i'm looking for so i'm not i think a lot of times you can get lost in film you don't really know what you're right. looking at or what you're looking for so you 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 look up in the hours like, okay what did i really watch what did i what did i take away and so you know the first things i'm looking for is how corner plays press man like how does he play is he like a soft shoot corner? Is he an inch out corner? Is he firm at the line? Does he shoot both hands? Does he shoot one hand? When does he shoot that hand? You know what I mean? Those little things I feel like can really help you over the course of the game. And then when I go into the game, I either like confirm it, like, okay, this, this is how he's playing this day. Because each corner can play right. a receiver completely different. I it was. So I'm like, okay, he's playing this day. This is the plan I have. Or if he's not, like, I have another plan that I already have came up with in my mind of how I want to attack this DB. And I use, try to use run plays as well to try to set up uh, certain releases down the, uh, the road. Is there one play that you remember from the film study that, yeah. when you, that led to a big play? In like, yeah. Is, where it's just like yeah. I'm prouder of that one because yeah. I saw this yeah. on film and I applied it here. Is there definitely. one play that stands out? Um, I definitely think there was, there's really two plays. Um, the one uh, it's <laughs> Stefan Gilmore when I knew he was uh, he was an inch out corner. He's gonna give you a little space, and I think he's so successful because he's smart. Play? Uh, no, it was actually a, a slant that I called him. Okay. Him. And I knew the exact kind of release I was going to use on him based off of the type of corner he was, and knowing what my skill set was. He knows I'm fast. I know I'm fast. So let me use like what we would call like a hard stick release, like a really hard stick, acting like I'm about to take a take release. I put a lot of those on film. And, and knowing that I knew he would react to that and I'd be able to get the inside release like I wanted. And with Jair Alexander, with him being a firm corner, I knew I didn't want to dance around a lot. I didn't want to spend too much at the line. And really, up until that touchdown catch, I hadn't really had a like a whole lot of one-on-one routes and press against him. So I knew like he hadn't really got a feel for my speed up until that point. So I knew I wanted to take a straight, make him run with me, make him play at my speed. And so those are the little things I think about over the course of the game and when I'm watching the film. Cool. That's it for this episode. I appreciate you sticking around. I appreciate the chance to talk to McLaurin for all that stuff. I thought the therapy stuff was very interesting. And I also thought, to be honest, some of the stuff I even told him, I felt like there's some things where he said it like, hey, I can relate to that about how you can go down these rabbit holes at, at times when you, you you start to, you maybe take one little small thing and you go down this rabbit hole and it's not healthy. And so you gotta get back out of there. So I appreciate McLaurin sharing all that with me. And I appreciate you listening. I'll be back on Friday, or actually Friday, Friday night on the podcast, Saturday morning on, the, on YouTube with my keys and predictions for Sunday's game against the Texans. I'll talk to you next time.